What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Penn Plaza podcast. I am Brendan Azoff. With me on this episode is Zook. We're going to dive into the uh, stadium series announcement from the NHL. The Rangers will be playing the New York Islanders in 2024. Patrick Kane officially got his hip surgery, and there are coaching hirings happening around the league while the Rangers are still standing pat. So stay tuned, and we will dive into all of that in a little bit. All right, everybody. Welcome to Penn Plaza. Brendan and Zook here. Zook, how's everything going today? Very, very good. Excited to talk some Rangers hockey. Yes, I know. The offseason kind of comes and you get that little bit of a lull, but everybody's still itching to talk about it. So that is what this show is all about. And that's what we will do today. I know that we had talked off air and, and off the show about you know some of the stuff that's going on in the offseason. Primarily, I think everybody's talking about the Rangers and their coaching search. So I think we best bet uh, is to start with that and we had a couple of hirings and candidates who were on that Rangers board, if you will, that went off. Like Spencer Carberry is now the coach of the Washington Capitals. Mike Babcock's rumored to be the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, although that is not official yet. Andrew Brunette, who is the Devils assistant coach, is now heading over to Nashville, which did open up another candidate, which I'm not that fond of for the <laughs> Rangers. But uh, your take on, on what's going on around the league in terms of the coaching landscape. You frame that interestingly because you said people that were kind of on the Rangers board have mm -hmm. now been hired elsewhere. And it's fun to think like, who's board, right? Like, is it yeah. our board and the media's board? Or is it actual Chris Drury and the Rangers board, right? Because I think when you think about some of the names that were hired, it's people that, you know, maybe guys like me and you or other people wanted. But I don't know how high Chris Drury and the folks behind the scenes were actually on some of these names. So the name's still available, which obviously Leach, Knobloch, and LaViolette, they're, they're still there. So I think even though it's, it's been a long play by Drury, the guys that he's been really serious about are still there. So as long as you know he has the opportunity to sit there and all the names that he truly wants are available, who knows how long he's really going to stretch this thing out. Yeah, it's 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 very true. I mean, I know he interviewed Carberry, which is why I said that his name was one of the ones on that board. Babcock got an interview as well. I, I don't believe I read anything that said that Brunette was interviewed, so I don't know how serious. He wasn't allowed, I read, when he was hired. Okay. I didn't know that, but I was reading sense. something about Nashville, and apparently he was not allowed to interview with the Rangers, which I found very interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that was more the Devils just, you know, because I know that we actually talked about that off air, how yes. you want to bring somebody in that, that might have <laughs> that inside uh, leverage. So they probably felt the same way when it came to Brunette. But uh, those three are now off the table. I, I liked Carberry. I think that a fresh voice like that is somebody that could have, you know, given the Rangers a little bit of what they were lacking in their last couple of head coaches. But obviously that's not a candidate now. Jay Leach and Chris Knobloch still fit that mold, which is no... Uh, that's where I lead uh, and and where I would like to see them go. But from what I see, it looks like Laviolette and now John Hines, who was the head coach in Nashville, seem to have their foot in the door. I know that John Hines played with Jury at Boston. So it's, it seems to be like there's that little friend connection there. And, you know, as somebody that looks at the Yankees and their management situation with Aaron Boone, it, he's almost like a puppet, if you will, for the analytics department and all of that. Hines seems to be a coach that 
might be more willing to let Drury kind of handle everything. So that's why his name seems to be getting floated out there. And I'm not a big fan of it. Hines does not really had any success wherever he's went, especially in the postseason. So if they're going to go with one of those retread options, LaViolette seems to be the better fit for me. But uh, I know that you are more high on LaViolette than some other people are. Yeah, I mean... Just to go back to the beginning, I really liked what you said there. Even though I like Carberry as well, I think you can still hit that with the Leech and Knoblock. So I think for us, if we wanted to go that route, it, it, it's very available. The brunette thing, like you said, opened up Hines. So it could almost be a double whammy for the Rangers because we can lose someone who I was high on in brunette and maybe get Hines, who, like you said, I'm also not too high on. So by losing brunette and also gaining Hines, it's a little bit of a double whammy, but LaViolette, for me, I'm okay with it. You know, we're, we constantly, we want new and we want fun and we want interesting. We've done that recently with Gallant and with Quinn. Not that they were crazy, crazy hires, but they were maybe not retreads. Um, Gallant a little bit, but still a fresh and new name, what he did with some of those teams of the past in Florida and Vegas. So maybe it's time we get someone that when we hire them, we're not crazy excited about someone who's done it many, many times um, with many different teams in the division that we yep. play in now. So he he knows the or, all the organizations that we play very well. But look, uh, at first, I also was like everyone else. I wanted a new name. I wanted the trendy name. Then I sat back and I said, maybe the almost trendy thing to do for the Rangers is to not be trendy, if that makes sense. Because yeah. it almost seems like the norm is to go for it. So maybe someone like LaViolette just comes in. Everyone knows exactly what you're going to get from him. He's going to run the type of locker room that you know he's going to run, his system that he's ran for years everywhere. And maybe that's okay. Maybe the Rangers have the skill that we actually don't need to surprise everyone. And if we have a system and match it with the skill, it is that magic sauce. Yeah, it's very true where it's almost like they've tried so many new things that maybe the the steady option would be okay with this group. And uh, you mentioned how Laviolette's well-traveled in the Metro. I think if he got the Rangers job, it would be a six team out of the eight that are in the Metro that he's coached. He had Gary Bettman come on uh, during the press conference, State of the Union, if you will, for the NHL, where he said they're raking in all this revenue but the cap's only going to go up another million so for a team that really is strapped with the cap especially after they try to lock up a couple of the younger guys this offseason i look at the coach and laviolette and I, I don't see how he changes much with the young guys as opposed to uh, gallant and that's something where i kind of hold up on why i would be okay with hiring him like i said i think out of the retread options he's the best one he's gone to three cups with three different teams he's won one uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes. So he obviously knows how to win in the league. He's had success over a long career. But when I look at how the Rangers can be successful down the road, especially with the salary cap, they need to find a way to get these young guys going and implement them into the top six, top power play unit, and kind of spread that wealth around. Uh, I think that Knobloch is somebody that would be more suited to do that. But LaViolette's not somebody I look at and go, okay, I think that they struggle with him. Uh, this team's too good to struggle, especially with a coach like LaViolette, who I do believe has more of an X and O type system. Yeah, and to, to be fair, it's not like so much of LaViolette's bigger success has been so recent, right? So 
Um, as someone who normally would put more stock into that, I'll put my hands up as well as the Alaviolette guy and say, um, like, as a retread, it's not like, oh, he's coming from immediate success, you know, the past year, or the year before that. So that's even a bigger case for some of these newer guys to give them a shot. But he does have success, and he's been to the mountaintop and won that final spot, which some of the recent people the Rangers have been in, even with past success, don't have that credence to their resume that, you know, maybe maybe some of the younger guys and even some of the older guys who maybe have that ego but have never achieved yep. what Laviolette has achieved himself as a coach, I think that could maybe make them have a different perspective on things because there's only so much you could say if you've never won a Stanley Cup. But once you have that, you could say, I've literally been there and this is how yep. I did it. And if you're someone who hasn't done that, how can you do anything but follow that, right? Exactly. And and the Rangers do need that kind of voice. We all know exactly. Gallant went to the Cup with Vegas, but he hasn't had that success anywhere else. And he had a similar run his first year with the Rangers and then stumbled last year. And I think that when they hired him, it was everyone made a big deal. Okay, he's the best coach on the market. They liked the hiring, but they were like, he hasn't lasted more than three years anywhere else. Whereas you look at LaViolette, he's had longer stretches of successful runs with numerous teams most recently you think about nashville i think he was there for six years where they were always in the playoffs they were always pesky and they prided themselves on defense which is something the rangers have lacked over the course of the last couple of seasons so i do see that side as well it's just an interesting dilemma to be in and i don't pretend to know more than chris jury and the front office there i think that they're doing their due diligence on candidates. People on social media have their preference, have their, you know, analytical view. They have the old fashioned view, but these guys have all that, you know, data in front of them. They have all the information. They're interviewing these candidates, right? When you go for a job interview, you're not the only candidate that's being interviewed. So I never understood why people got so upset with who they were interviewing. They're just doing their due diligence there, but Laviolette would definitely be better than Hines. So if I see, yes. you know, that social media post where I get the Rangers alert and it says, John Hines, welcome to New York, I may gag a little bit. Uh, <laughs> if it's Laviolette, I won't. So I think that that speaks volumes to how I feel about the two of those guys. But, you know, Knobloch has done done his time in, in Hartford. He's been an assistant coach in the NHL. I could understand not wanting to trust, you know, a team that has these level of expectations to a younger coach and a first time NHL head coach but at the same time it's like we see other teams do it John Cooper right with Tampa Bay is somebody that got that opportunity and look where he got them it it's a smaller market yes but Knobloch has been around this organization familiar with jury somebody that I feel like they'll be able to ease in and when you have the veteran group that the Rangers do have it's almost like they can kind of lead themselves for a little bit especially in the regular season while he gains his footing so two very interesting options very different ends of the spectrum but Whoever the Rangers wind up going with, I do feel like they're going to have a team that's going to compete. We know that they should get to the playoffs again next year. They're not really losing much, uh, depending on how they maneuver this offseason. And you have Shesterkin. So getting over that hump and getting to the you know ultimate prize has been their issue since 94. And either coach, I don't think, is going to be the make or break. I think it's going to be down to the players in the end, which they didn't perform this year. So next year, they're going to have to step up their game as well. I'm with you. Yeah, very pro Knobloch as well. So even mm -hmm. though I want LaViolette, I am pro Knobloch. If I see it's Heinz, that's where I get upset. Yep. And I think the Knobloch and LaViolette kind of teams have combined. Like the people that are pro those two coaches, now that Heinz's name has it's, found its way in, <laughs> we're all unity. like, okay, we're okay with you if you're okay with us, but not yep. him.
not exactly there, there's unity amongst rangers fans <laughs> yes. once again when it comes to that it's like the lesser of two evils exactly. we will enjoy especially because my like the devil's fans i know how are just sending me stuff about heinz from his time mm-hmm. there and they're like oh my god if you get this guy he's he's not good like i just don't want to have to deal with that no it just seems like a step back from where they've gone like or if no you're change. gonna move on yeah. exactly if you're moving on from gallant why go to somebody who's 100 had a worse resume than him it, it just it's doesn't same make thing sense or worse me. yeah exactly so we, we talked about the players now the onus does come down to them in the end and one of the players who was a part of that brief playoff stint last year was patrick kane patrick kane was was known to have a hip element that he said wasn't going to affect his play he didn't play poorly but didn't look like the old patrick kane that we uh, have all rooted for and watched over the course of his career because he he did some crazy things when he was younger in Chicago, especially in the playoffs. And now we're looking at his you know seven game series against the Devils. He had moments, but didn't look like Kane himself. And it was just announced that he got hip surgery. I think it was hip resurfacing surgery. Four to six months is his recovery time. And for a player like Kane, you would usually think that their next contract might be one year, two years max, but five million dollars to seven million dollar range and. Now, with a couple of months missing, regardless of how quickly he comes back in the season, that might actually open the door to the Rangers to kind of offer him a more friendly contract. He obviously wanted to come to the Rangers. He jinxed a couple other trades. So do you think that that means that Patrick Kane might be a New York Ranger again next season? I think it does. I think the chances have severely increased that he comes back as a Ranger But the other side of that for me is I think he's a very, very, very dangerous player for a team like the Rangers. I'm not sure where someone like Patrick Kane fits in in the modern NHL when you're building a team to actually go on a run. I'm a big believer and you got to build out like an entire team. The third line's got to play like a quote-unquote third line a fourth line has to play like a quote-unquote fourth line even just saying that people that know hockey and are listening to this know exactly what that means yep um and he doesn't fit that but his skill you're not going to put him on the first line anymore because he doesn't have he can't handle that responsibility defensively he really can't handle those minutes anymore so for a team like the rangers if you're not putting him next to Kreider and mika which we'll talk about in future episodes. Um, but I think that's Kako's spot right off the bat to begin with. But yep. if you're not going to put him up there, what are you going to put him on a third line, quote unquote, shutdown line with a tro check and a, and a Lafreniere and, and ask him to have a lot of defensive responsibility and yeah. pay him to do that? There, and it, it's not so much talking negatively about him, just how the Rangers are currently constructed. He's really not needed and really isn't a fit. So when you have those two things combined, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, there is a balancing act that has to be had. And if you do sign Kane, you put him on a third line with Trocek and with Lafreniere, if those are the, 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 the trio that they decide to roll out there, hypothetically, you do wind up having a top nine that could score, right? Uh, I think true. He does help Lafreniere offensively. So that, that's one way to put it. But when you come to the postseason, which, again, the, the Rangers aren't constructing their team for 82 games. They're yes. constructing them for the run. And you don't want to have a, a team that's rolling out a top nine that can maybe create chances offensively but are all really based on that side. They don't have that defensive shutdown guy. And Trocek is a good defensive center, but he's not going to make up for Lafreniere and, and Kane. And if you had maybe <laughs> Kako on that line instead where you could balance it a little bit, 
yeah, but I think Kako, like you mentioned, deserves that shot on the top line. So when I look at it, I would almost rather not bring Kane back, yep. find a way to move Gaudreau, use Gaudreau's money to bring in a Jesper Foss and keep Tyler Mott. And now all of a sudden you have that little wiggle room that you would have given to Kane to try and go out there and bring somebody else in that could play, you know, both sides of the hockey puck. And then all of a sudden you have a bottom bottom six that can play defense and still can contribute because we've seen Foss contribute in big games all the time. And you also have the top six that we give all this money to there. It's now their time to step up to me. That's the better way to construct the roster, especially if you wind up hiring Laviolette who does like to have that balance throughout his lineup to, to me, that's the better route to take, but it's the New York Rangers. So I don't know if that's the route that will be taken. Very true and very good way to put it with that statement, with it being the Rangers. Um, but I like that we're thinking about it the same way. We both Patrick Kane's amazing. Like you said off the bat, the things that he's done in his past, unbelievable. You can make the argument he's the best American hockey player ever. And during the regular season, like you said, to roll out a top line line like that, Probably maybe the max points we can get. The ceiling is a lot higher, but we're not worried about achieving an amount of points during the regular season that gets us to the postseason. I think Rangers fans are very comfortable with the current roster, especially with Igor giving us a high floor, getting us there. So again, we're constructing this team to win 16 games in the postseason. And again, like you said, I'm not sure if him sliding in through your third line allows you to have that success. We saw that against the Devils. As the series went on, they were just running circles around him. Um, so, again, no fit. The The fit doesn't work, and I love Patrick Kane. I honestly love him. A big U.S. hockey fan, so have always, has always loved what he used to do when they allowed the NHL players to play. And it honestly hurts me to say there's no space for him and I don't want him. But the names that you named, Jesper Fast to get rid of Goodrow, not bring back Kane and get Jesper Fast, that's a move that actually excites me, knowing what the Rangers need to make it further than they went this year. Yeah, and it's it's something where you look at the whole entire landscape of the league right now, and we mentioned that the cap's only going to go up a million dollars. So they have they, they have to be able to lock up the kids. And I know that their goal is to win a cup and you don't have just one year here. You have a couple, like a two, three year window where you probably can have that level of competition. So if I was, you know, the GM and I'm looking at this team, what I would want to do is this year, try to balance it out, not give money to Kane, you know, probably not give money to a Tarasenko, wait for that cap to then go up the next year. You could bring in somebody who's more skilled, a little bit younger, and you could also now have your kids locked up. And that's when you have the best chance at making that run. You can still make a run this year with the team that they have and adding a couple more depth forwards. But when you look at like the grand scheme of things to build that team that they almost tried to this year, they went for the over the hill type of stars that could produce. And they did throughout the first couple of games. But I would rather go out, save this year, try and you know manage the cap as best as you can. And then next year, try to make that official major push for a more skilled forward to add to that group. That seems like the better option for me, especially when you're looking at the NHL cap should go up 3 million after this summer. That, that gives you a lot more breathing room. Complimentary pieces are the name of the game. You can look at the last two trade deadlines and look at the discrepancy of the names that we got, right? You get a cop and a Vetrano, not the greatest names, but exactly what certain lines on our team needed at that point. And you got maybe greater overall players that if you looked at 
the NHL game and looked at overall ratings, maybe higher rankings in Kane and Tarasenko, um, but not the greatest fits and didn't get them with enough time to mesh, which you really need a whole season to do. So um, almost having to be cat stricken and get more complimentary pieces. I'm actually interested to see if it helps the Rangers in a season where, look, they can't go spend $3 million on someone right now unless they trade Goudreau. But if they do that in the future, we'll talk about that then. But right now, they really got to find the million-dollar players, the $900,000 players. Exactly. I think the minimum is seven fifty, so it can't go lower than that. But maybe we go back to the days where the Rangers were finding these gems and we were falling in love with those players that were making the minimums because we have to with a team that maybe only needs those players right now. Yeah, where's this generation's Peter Pruka? That, that's who I'm <laughs> rooting for right now. If they found that type of player, I would be in love with it, and that would just make my day. But I used to love Peter Pruka. Uh, but you know, <laughs> moving on to the next topic here, we have the NHL announced the stadium series schedule. They're both, both games are going to be on back-to-back days. They are going to be in New Jersey with the Devils taking on the Flyers. The 17th and the 18th will feature the Rangers and the Islanders. So we've already seen a Rangers and Islanders stadium series game. This one should definitely be exciting because we're going to have that buildup where the Islanders snuck into the playoffs last year. We expect them to kind of be that pesky team again. Those two fan bases, especially with the Meadowlands parking lot out there, is probably going to be a rowdy crowd, even though it's going to be a much you know further away atmosphere. But I'm excited for that. The NHL is kind of trying to keep everybody engaged towards next season and keep that interest with two surprise teams in the cup final, well, maybe one surprise team. Um, but it, it definitely is something to talk about. And I, I know that I'm looking to try to be there. I'm not yes. sure about you, but that's yeah, something really. that I think every, every hockey fan loves going outside and Rangers Islanders is always fun, but you put that on that stage and ready to see what the Jersey is going to look like. Yeah. And indirectly, these two matchups that we'll talk about helps a take that I've had, which is if a West Coast team wins, which I guess now is Vegas, the Stanley Cup finals, that Rangers Devils will be the early, early game on opening night. Um, and I think by not having them play in this marquee matchup, it actually helps the chance that this, um, that that take happens. But going to Rangers Islanders, um, the thing about being a Rangers fan is, there's always a few teams that can get your juices going, right? The Islanders yep. do. The Devils would have. Honestly, the Penguins would. Um, maybe I'd have to see how it actually feel if you put like the Bruins or a Flyers in there. But that's probably a little bit further down than those three teams. But we do have a few rivals, and they always seem to put one of those in a game against the Rangers in a game like this. So it'll be fun. Um 50-50 probably, do you think? Do you have a take on what you think that crowd's going to be? Do you think more Islanders fans? I don't know because it's in Jersey. So it's like a – it really – everyone's going to have to travel. So yeah. I would say that it's probably more Rangers fans just because I think there are more um, than Islanders fans. It's a, it's a much wider spread fan base, especially when you trickle into Jersey. There, I think there's more Rangers fans Fair. there. Fair. But, I mean, it's also a stadium series game. So if you're a fan, you're going to wind up trying to go. I, I think that those crowds are fine. I mean, every, every friend group that I know of Rangers fans has Islanders fans in it. So I can't imagine like those groups not showing up, having a good time and just going at each other. So it'll be great. I, I, it'll be a great atmosphere. And I know when they played back, you know, I don't remember what year it was a long time ago at this point, but that was a fun time. Then they had this, the 
um, stadium series, not the stadium series, the winter classic game against the Sabres, which kind of diminished it a little bit. Like that's not a real rivalry, even though they're in state and that was at city field. So the Sabres fans weren't as plentiful as the Islanders fans will be there. So this one's going to be exciting. And if they open the season, like you think against the devils, that'll be a great way to get the heart rate spiked up right in October. Do you, what do you think about that take though? Now that I say it out loud, that if a West Coast team wins, because you know how they do it now, the NHL mm-hmm. and the NBA, they both have an early and late game. So yep. obviously Vegas would take that late game. Do you think Rangers-Devils are a prime matchup for that early slate? They're definitely going to be considered. I, yeah. I know that this year they started with the Lightning and Rangers, so it was an ECF yeah. matchup. Yeah. Um, if they follow that mold, then you're probably looking at Florida-Carolina as the first game. But to me, why would they choose Florida-Carolina no, no. over that market? So. It definitely could be, uh, especially the first game of the season. You're going to have the Rangers with a new coach. There's going to be some new people in that lineup. The Devils have, you know, this young and upcoming team, which scares the hell out of me. So I don't know why you wouldn't want that to be center stage opening night. And they, the NHL seems to like putting the Rangers on opening night. It's either a good matchup or the St. Louis Blues. I feel like as far back as I can remember, <laughs> they just always open the season against the Blues, and I never understood why. It's just there's no rivalry there. They play each other twice a year, and they get one of them out of the way. I just like I remember sitting in a bio class back in college opening night. And I'm like, this is why are we playing the St. Louis Blues right now? But it, that would be awesome if they started that season against the Devils, and you know, I can almost putting money on it right now that Jack Hughes would find a way to score in that game. Oh, hundred percent. And I, <laughs> like I said, I feel great about that take And the other side of the Rangers Islanders matchup though, for um, the stadium series is I know that the Islanders are very happy that they got us. Like I said, with us having many different, like a few different rivals, the other side of it is they all love to hate us. So they want that chance to play <laughs> us. So I know when the Islanders got us, they were happy. I know my devil's fans, friends, were you know they're not going to be upset because they got chosen and they're riding high off a good season but i know they would much rather have played us than the flyers and probably even the islanders than the flyers the interesting thing though and i don't know if you caught this was we got the sunday day game over the saturday night primetime game which i thought was a little interesting but i think maybe the a lot of we know a lot of what hockey does is they're trying to capitalize on the growth and get eyes on it. So maybe the Devils, I mean, sorry, the Rangers, um, Islanders can carry enough eyes on a Sunday where they don't want to double dip with a prime time and get everyone watching that game yep. and then no one tuning in the next day. So I kind of get that, but I would have loved a Rangers Islanders nighttime game. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not exactly sure what the next season NFL schedule looks like, but that time frame is usually where they have that week off for the Super Bowl. So I feel like yep. they know that people on Sunday are not going to have something at one o'clock and Rangers and Islanders will probably generate a little more viewership than the yep. other one. So that's probably why they did that. But yeah, I mean, whenever you have an outdoor game and you play during the day, glares come into factor. Like there's a lot of outdoor elements that are going to make that just a very interesting game to, to watch. So I'm definitely excited for it. And, you know, before we wind up closing down this episode, we have a little bit of an announcement that we're going to tease right now. Obviously, the reason that you're on this show today is because we're going to have our own show that's going to be coming out after the Stanley Cup final. We're still working out a couple of the the details and getting all the time set, but we're excited to kind of move forward with that. And you want to give up the name? Yeah, it's going to be fun. The name is Rangers Ice Brew. We're bringing it to the Morning Brew Sports Um 
content network. It's a really, really good network. It's my it's my guy Jigga um, that I introduced to Brendan, who is an unbelievable dude. And he's built this great thing with other people in the tri-state area, New York area, focused on those teams. They do more live shows on YouTube. So what you heard here, we're going to be doing live. So you'll be able to tune in, actually comment, probably come up at the end of the episode and have some conversations with us. We're like Brendan said, we're still talking behind the scenes. We may do some, this. We may do an extra episode that's recorded that gets released on the podcast feed because everything will be released on the podcast feed. Um, just a lot of Rangers content coming out to you guys from the Rangers iced brew name. Um, we just love talking Rangers, looking around, couldn't get enough of it. So said, why not start? doing some stuff of our own. I think it's a great time, not even for the Rangers themselves, but hockey in general. I know a lot of my friends that weren't big hockey fans, I guess either A, because of ESPN's extra coverage of it, or B, some of the names have just gotten to a spot where people are starting to take notice um, that it's getting bigger and bigger, and the numbers say that. So really excited to start something that not only when the Rangers are getting going, and have a chance next year but hockey in general is really taken off because i love the sport um it's i didn't play it my whole life but it's the first sport i ever played super competitively because my dad was a big time hockey player in high school um and his favorite team is the rangers out of all of his teams so the rangers and hockey have always been very close to me so super excited to do some content about it i think it's a it's an interesting time we're kicking this off because yep. it almost seems like it's ramping down. But with the Rangers, it's a turnover period. So it's really cool because they're turning over at the same time that Rangers fans, we'd probably always feel this way. But next year in general, we're supposed to win the cup. So we can talk yep. about the turnover, <laughs> new players, what we're doing with free agents. The sky is falling with the new coach. But then when we actually look at the team as we get closer to the season, we're going to be like, hey, Igor and Ned, Mika, Panarin, Fox, the puck bounces our way, a few injuries, we're, we can win the cup. So being a Rangers fan this offseason, range of different emotions, we'll be covering it in a load of different ways, live, recorded. You'll catch us on Twitter. You'll catch us on Instagram. Definitely check out for we'll have some really more – more mainstream and professional releases on those social media things that we'll be sharing. So look out for them. Definitely. And it's an exciting time. Like you mentioned to be a Rangers fan, when you look at the roster that we do have, and we know is going to be coming back next year. And uh, every time the off season comes around, the hypothetical starts to swirl. So it's like, if we're going to be talking and, and you, I know you said this, if we're already talking about it, why not record it and get other people, you know, to comment and, and have that engagement and the content to flow. So we're definitely very excited to be doing it. Uh, we're excited to start to you know get you guys all to listen to it and start to have that interaction like we want. That way we can have you know not just Zook and I discussing it, but also to include you guys and have your takes because uh, you know there could be one topic, but there's 15 different ways that everyone views it, especially when it comes to Rangers Twitter. So we are excited to to talk about that and start that endeavor uh, once the Cup Finals ends and. Like he mentioned, stay tuned to all the social media channels, my channel, his channel. And of course, once we make the show channel, we'll have all the official announcements there and we'll be getting that geared up and ready to go. And we're ready to start doing it. So thank you all for listening to this episode. And we're looking forward to coming back with a different name in a little bit.
Peace.